she burp? <laughs> okay. Why'd she burp? Busy water. Belching's not attractive. You do it all the time. For women, though. <laughs> Am I the asshole for telling my girlfriend to stop telling me so much about her day? <laughs> every day after work, my girlfriend of nine years will tell me every detail of her day as a resource teacher for at least half an hour. These are not two-way conversations, more so her telling me about what some kid did or what a coworker said. I've also had a hard time paying attention the entire time when she's telling these stories because they're so long. Lately, she's been calling me out for forgetting her students' slash colleagues' names and says I make her feel nervous when she tells me stories because I seem annoyed. If I'm being honest, I do get annoyed. She's not a great storyteller. Although there was a typo, she's not a great story yelled. Provides lots of superfluous detail and doesn't engage me at all. Just pretty much talks at me. So today I told her that I feel like she's having one-way conversations with me and that she spends too long on her stories. I said that I like to hear about her day, but just not for so long, and then I'd rather us talk about things we can both contribute to. As expected, she did not take this well and said she won't tell me any more work stories. She's obviously pissed, and I feel guilty. Am I the asshole? Hi. Hi. Oh, hey. Rob, who's the asshole in this scenario? Uh, what was the scenario? Oh, you missed it? <laughs> I missed it. Well, well, you have to, you know, upon listening, you'll have to... You'll have to weigh in. Damn. Uh, pretty I have to much, wait for the episode to drop. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, uh, dude has been in relationship for nine years. Every, yeah. every day, uh, uh, wifey come home. She tells him every detail, excruciating detail of her day as a teacher or something. And he doesn't give a shit. And I, you know, I'm summarizing that. He didn't say that in those many words, but you know, he's just like, it feels like it's a one-way conversation and I'm being talked at. And so, you know, he, he was like, Hey, I feel like this is a one-way conversation. And then she got pissed. Mm. And so it's, so is he the asshole? No. <laughs> no, I feel like he communicated if he had just like, left it at that like i just she comes home and just talks and i just i don't give a shit yeah you're the asshole but if he feels like he's being like steamrolled and trauma dumped on and then he communicates that and is like is there any way that i mean i don't know how he did it though that also makes a difference it's true but yeah if he communicated it and then she gets mad about it well then that's on her she needs to like mature a little bit yeah, because some people do need to like dump data dump or whatever, but like it's kind of not fair if if you're getting like attacked with it, you know, every day. A verbal processing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's also the option of everybody sucks here. So <laughs> that's that, very true. That's viable. That's always an option. <laughs> I accept. You know, there's this uh, I was watching this video that was talking about and I can't remember the name of it, but it's this. Ret rhetorical like manipulative trick where you give two options when there are like way more than two options and it almost invariably works like almost everybody gets trapped by those two options and they pick one of the two even though like you can just say i reject the premise you know there's other options yeah like they all suck maybe neither one of them is the asshole maybe, maybe both of them are the asshole you know yeah yeah, maybe I think he's the asshole in a way because he waited nine years of pent up, you know, so when he so this is the facts, probable facts, because it's mm -hmm. not actual facts because I wasn't actually there. 
Objection, Your Honor. Speculation. <laughs> Reckless speculation. <laughs> yeah. He was probably he probably had a lot of pent up energy, and he was just like, "I feel like you're talking at me," you know, and just like, <laughs> just like <laughs> unloaded at her, and she was just like, "Whoa, dude," you know, yeah. just like, "What the fuck?" And then he's just like, "Well." You know, I've been thinking about this for a long time in his head, so, you know, it sounds logical to him, but then he didn't ever communicate it, and you've been in a relationship for nine years. So, Selena, if we, we've been together for over seven years now, if uh, all of a sudden I came to you and was like, I hate all of these shows that you've been watching, and that I pretend to like t- that <laughs> we're watching together, how would that make you feel? Um... <laughs> I well, feel like that's slightly less personal, though. It's a lot it less is. personal, yeah. It's a bad It's a bad analogy. And not yeah. only that, I feel like you let me know unequivocally that you don't like them. Well, I know. Already. This is also, I'm a bad... I'm, he has no problem communicating that. No, I am a good communicator in those regards. Like, this shit sucks. I don't want to hear this. I do that but, every time my wife is watching some terrible, like, selling sunset or something. I'm like, oh, this show is fucking terrible. This is trash. I don't know how you watch this. But then I watch it with her, though. Exactly. That's the thing is sometimes I have to watch it with her, like the ultimatum or uh, love at first sight or yeah. married at first sight or uh, uh, living together at blind. first sight or roommates at first <laughs> sight. Or, <laughs> That's a lot of know. like sight based reality know. TV <laughs> shows. Yeah. There's some funny ones. There's some bad ones. They're all bad. Yeah. yeah they're all but, bad, you know, technically. But yeah. but there, you can't get away from the simple... Uh, like the infatuation with just simple little drama, just the most superficial fucking conflict ever. But it's like still captivating, you know. We're so like attuned to it, like we get sucked in. Yeah, Chimp Empire, same thing. Chimp Vampire Empire. Chimp oh. Vampire. I would have watched. I would have watched Chimp, Chimp Vampire. Vampire. That sounds a lot more oh, interesting to me. No, Chimp Empire was a, like I would a docu-series. Watch Chimp Vampire, man. That's Fuck what I'm yeah. saying. Let's let's make that movie. <laughs> so Shit. what's Chimp Empire? Um, well, it's a documentary series about these chimps in this region um in Southwest Africa. And it's first of all, the cinematography is amazing. But it's almost like a reality show in that they all have names. They've been people are studying them. And so they're ascribing, you know, documenting how they're interacting and noticing these situations that are very much like human situations. And they're sometimes social scenarios and whatever. Yeah. And they're very sometimes petty and dramatic and (laughs) that's similar. Yeah, the the show doesn't come off as like a reality show, but when you said that just now, it made me think of the chimps. Yeah, like a a, a monkey reality TV show. I would watch the <laughs> shit out of that. I mean, that would be entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bored with humans, man. Humans are so boring. Like, ugh, orcas. You get it? You can't. You can't fucking let your ego go. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Uh, last episode, uh, we talked to Premrock. And he was talking because he he bartends in New York City, I think in Harlem, if I recall correctly. I think so. Um, but he one of the people that is a regular at his bar, Selena, uh, is like essentially the casting director for Alone. But she uh, is the person that like goes over all their tests and like picks who gets to go on the show, essentially, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like partially a casting director and partially like making sure that a person 
has the mental and physical skills to you know do it mm-hmm. and so yeah, but, yeah. it would look bad if somebody mm. died yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that would or it would look really good one well, of the two well yeah there's no i mean depending press, right it's depending on which producer you're talking to let's be real you know yeah like a lot sure. of people would watch that they'd be like oh shit did you hear this guy died <laughs> what's that old news uh canard it's like if it bleeds it leads yes oh yeah 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 yep and unfortunately that's the truth yeah it is the truth you see that with the internet man yep yeah if it's like sensationalized it'll get likes or whatever Mm -hmm. everything is so sensationalized these days like we were just uh selena just got a notification bleacher report sports publication service you know Mm -hmm. as you do the nba draft was yesterday the San Antonio Spurs potentially got one of like the greatest basketball prospects since LeBron James, like mm-hmm. unequivocally, unequivocally, oh. right? So he's he's going to be very good unless he gets injured, you know, God forbid, right? As that happens to some players, it do but be happening. That being said, he's really good. And then Bleacher Report puts out an, an article saying the Mavericks won the trade in the Thunder or something, the like draft. or like oh the draft, you know? And it's just like okay, like but people are just putting out hmm. journalism. That's just complete lies. It has. It's not rooted in anything. And it just says per sources. And in basketball, it's been really bad. <laughs> it's where like per sources, the sources are like you know like people or whatever. Don't worry about yeah, it. you know like people or you know my <laughs> thoughts. You know. Yeah, yeah, my opinions. That yeah, I've exactly. Held in my brain. You know, just a thought that has come through, just like a plane driving overhead. You know, it's like in one ear and out in the other. But it's <laughs> yeah. just like that's my thought. And, you know, it's all. Uh, we are watching. What is this show that you're watching right now? Putting me on blast. Married oh, at first sight. So we're uh, married at first sight. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, I thought the show was called Putting Me on Blast. I was like, Yo, what blast. is this show? Oh, yeah, Rob's that like, sounds I'm interesting. In. <laughs> <laughs> but it's married at first sight. Oh God. Yeah, no, I've never even seen that show. Maybe it's really good. No, it's not. I mean, okay. let me just say, the other day <laughs> I spoke up about something that happened between me and Colin that I was upset about. That normally I would let slide quote unquote but probably not really and oh right you would like it would manifest in ways that aren't like controlled and direct yes potentially yeah i get it so from watching this show and seeing representations of people being like well this is how we communicate when something comes up bring it up i was like i'm gonna try that yeah and it worked i mean you've also been like doing therapy and like working on stuff and like, oh yeah i wasn't you're, you're just married better at communication <laughs> She's been com- nope, communicating at like, first sight, dude. <laughs> just the show. <laughs> Pastor Cal. Pastor Cal. He's the positive. truth. Point is, right. So I like the show. I mean, there's there's entertaining moments of the show, right, where I'll get sucked in and then I'll be like, all right, I got to leave. So I can only take it in smaller doses. But, you know, I will pop in and pop out and then make her give me the update. She's like, God, why don't you just watch it? And I'm just like, well, I can't watch <laughs> no, it. No, hours. I don't say that because I know why. Okay. Well, I assumed that she would say that because, you know, I make her give me updates constantly. Point is, there's this one couple. <laughs> God, and, this show sucks. Anyway, what? what any, up, anyway, what was exactly. uh, what, so what's up going on with him? Yeah, exactly. What's going on with Greg and Felicia? Are they cool? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, ex- so you get it, Rob. You get it 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah I do. Okay, so there's this couple. They, they're like, you know, we cooked our first meal together, you know, like where they actually cooked together. You know, maybe they'd been going to take out or whatever. We were kind of confused about that comment. <laughs> yeah. But point the is, they're having like a nice cooked sit down dinner, some salmon and some other shit, right? And then the dude says something about, you know, just like, yeah, this is like the, you know, like they, they start to like 
get it in a to a slight confrontation. And he's like, yeah, I just wanted you to know, like, this is like the point in the relationship in which, you know, I would, you know, if we weren't married, I, I would leave, you know, and I just, I just wanted you to know that because, you know, I'm being honest. But and that's so- <laughs> not like how honesty works. He needs that like, <laughs> like you didn't need is to it say kind. That. There's that element of kindness that's missing. Yeah, it's it's so then I was just joking with Selena, you know, and it was just like, yeah, just, you know, <laughs> honesty is just unfettered thought process. You know, it's just like me telling you every little thought that I have. It's like, hey, I'm going to go cheat on you. Hey, I'm going to Czechoslovakia this weekend. Hey, I really hate Portland. Hey, I really like Portland. Hey, I want to go on a walk. Hey, I want a burger. You want some pizza tonight? <laughs> hey, I really want some chicken wings. Hey, have you ever thought about like dry roasting a duck before? <laughs> hey, do you want to go hunting? Hey, you know, just like that's honesty, dude. That's. <laughs> yeah, well, that is some people's communication style. <laughs> that's, well, yeah, that's but that's... Do. But also... But I think that comment, though, you know, normally... <laughs> normally, I would just leave. Like, that is clearly a fucking, like, manipulation tactic. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, sort of a threat or, you know... Yep. That's like the... To take it to the extreme, um, it's like when the person... When, you know, you break up in the relationship and they're like, if you break up with me, I'll kill myself. Yeah. And that's, the, of course, the extreme version yeah, of that. Yeah, right. That's but that, way at the end, other end. But but I've heard of yeah. that happening to many people. You know what I mean? That happens yeah. a lot. So, uh, unfortunately. But, you know. Unfortunately. The threat. Man, I'm watching this uh, show called Couples Therapy. Ooh. Okay, so you're on and, it. And it is fire. It's, like, so well done. It looks like a fucking movie. Like, hmm. It's crazy. It's a documentary series, but the way it's filmed and shot and like it does not feel like a documentary. It feels like a fucking movie. Like Cinematic experience. Like, uh, like there's like a pro- it's a whole production. It's amazing the way it's put together. And I don't understand like how people are able to be participants in documentaries and just like for in this case, they're really doing couples therapy. Like real couples are having sessions. But, like, how the fuck do you not feel awkward as shit that there's cameras, like, right behind the therapist or whatever? Like, how do you how do you do it? Like, these people are having real reactions. That's why I'm saying it feels like a movie because the acting is good. It's not because you know how people Trends. get in front of the camera. M- MDMA. Bad acting. You said MDMA. They just yeah. give them a little. Couples therapy. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. a little bit of ecstasy <laughs> and they're totally, they don't care. They just want to express themselves. And That's it's a not diagetically thing. part of the series, but it could be happening. It could in be. In the background. Yeah. How, look know. at their pupils next time. Look at their pupils. <laughs> How big are their pupils? Are they dilated? <laughs> they getting big? But it's fascinating Ooh. though. Like different people's, you know, I don't know. Just watching even just their micro expressions as they are like hearing something their partner's saying. It's just fascinating. Anyway. Looks like it's on Paramount Plus, which we have access to. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. I'll watch it. You'll watch it. And by default, Colin will watch it. I mean, I'll watch Um, it. Married at First Sight, though. Is that the one with the dude that looks like a potato? (laughs) Pastor Cal? No, I feel like maybe it's a different one. But he's, like, (laughs) married to this, like, Filipina girl. And he looks like a potato. Oh, no, that's, um... Love is Blind, and that's oh, Nick Lachey okay. and Vanessa yeah. Lachey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he looks like a potato. A potato. potato. Yeah, he looks like a fucking potato. A Filipina and a potato. A Filipina and a potato. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, 
listeners. Welcome into the Nostalgia Pit, a podcast aiming to dissect pop culture, subconscious, and other psychological phenomena through a hyperbolic and prismatic lens. Hosted by Rob Snow and Colin Cassert, mixed by Alex Riddle, and songs produced by Golden Beats, the Nostalgia Pit is available anywhere you find your podcasts. Today, we welcome in one of my favorite human beings on the planet Earth and the person that I'm happy to call my partner in life and crime, Selena Flores. Selena is a multi-talented photographer, producer, and drummer hailing from Portland, Oregon. As she has been in the background of almost every recording, we decided it was about time to give her the microphone, let her have a chance to come on and speak for herself. In this episode, we dig into reality shows, people watching, and the need for constructive criticism. We also bring back one of our favorite segments, Song Spelunker. We dig into an earworm that everyone knows the melody to, but might not know the subtleties of the lyrics, Kiss from a Rose by the infamous Seal. At this time, we want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Loop Animation brand new visual arts company specializing in 2D animation, the founders of Strange Loop have been supporters of the show since day one. As they are supporters of the show, we are supporters of their art, so make sure you check them out on Instagram at Strange Loop Animation, all one word. And if you enjoy what we are doing here at The Pit and would like to support us further, please check us out at patreon.com slash the nostalgia pit. Alrighty then, let's get right into it. Don't poop your pants. Uh, Selena, welcome mm-hmm. to the pod. Okay, thank you. It's about time. I know. I'm surprised it's gone this long Cheers. without me being on. Well, she's actually been on multiple times, technically in the background. That's true. Time, she's so. in almost every episode. <laughs> but like as like a Verbally, background. spiritually, physically. Yeah. Although she doesn't listen. so I do listen. <laughs> when? When I'm sitting there working and you're doing this. Exactly. See? <laughs> yeah. She's a listener. She's an That's avid listener. Counts. Yeah. When we're, when we're living together, I'm yep. listening. Yep. I so live I this podcast. Honestly. Yeah, I li- yeah. You do. You're literally in the cast. She lives in yes. the pit. So, <laughs> in the uh, pit. So I'm going to introduce a new segment here. Uh, maybe not here, but uh, let's, let's test it out. I, I don't know what the segment is is going to comprise of, mm. but I know what it's going to be called. Uh, it's the pit stain. <laughs> <laughs> the pit stain. It's yeah. too bad we don't have more of like a an engagement with our listenership because mm-hmm. then we could like take like people who have done something wrong, you know, and they'll, they'll be the pit stain of the week or something like that. <laughs> I mean, we could just choose any fucking public figure, really, though. Ooh, yeah. Like, this uh, dude did this. He's the pit stain. He's in the pit stain, whatever. Yeah, but how about... Something nostalgia related because it's the nostalgia pit. So it's the nostalgia pit stain. So you know how we were talking (laughs) about doing those segments about like highlighting a person that is revered throughout history, but kind of a dick. Yeah, we could do that. Putting a stain on that, you know, it's on the nostalgia. Nostalgia pit stain. It's a pit stain. There's plenty of. I mean, we got a list already, like, you know, Mother Teresa. Gandhi, <laughs> going for Steve the big Jobs. Hitters, man. Well, you yeah. gave me both of those, okay, but uh, Steve Jobs, fair. Bill Gates. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, fucking, many. there's this any, producer, any, any billionaire. 
Any billionaire, yeah. There's this producer of iCarly who like has yep. oh, oh, the yeah. toe guy, right? Yeah, the you, foot yes. guy. Yeah, yes. you told me about know. this. We, yeah, that guy yeah, is creepy. So yeah. Go into but, that. Yep. I mean, but Something that's. Like that. Do we have any listeners that that watched iCarly? That's the question. I don't know what our demographic is. <laughs> I don't know what I they don't think it's iCarly like. watchers. Is because if they're like uh, in their twenties, thirties, whatever, they could have watched iCarly. I mean, we mm-hmm. reference a lot of 90s shit, you know? That's true. We've, we're so, really, like, refining our demographic just by doing the show. Cause a lot of mid-aughts shit. Yeah. They're going to be this particular age because they won't fucking remember otherwise. But then again, apparently a lot of people watch Red Letter Media, and they talk about, like, Star Trek, like, Next Generation, and a bunch hmm. of kids who have never seen Star Trek watch their reviews <laughs> just because they're entertaining. So who knows? Hmm. Yeah, I mean... That podcast that I talked about multiple times, Cinephobe, they watch a movie and then you listen to the podcast about them watching the movie, essentially, and then break down the movie and make jokes about it and have all their observations and stuff. A lot of the times I'm not even watching the movie. I might have watched it 20 years ago, but the podcast itself is entertaining and you don't really need the movie. And so I get that. That sounds like a blast. It's a good time. It's like a kind of a mystery science theater, but you know... You're not watching the movie with them. They kind of like recap it. Oh, I thought you watched with them. Well, they do rewatch the rewatchingtons. Oh. Oh, that's like them. a segment or an offshoot. They restream an, a movie that they had watched in the past because they've been going on ah, for like gotcha. three years now. And so recently it was that movie Takers and Idris Elba shoots the moon and it's like the, oh, the yeah, sound right. and it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, Idris Elba and Hayden Christensen has a bunch of tiny fedoras, and he's like a blues player that thinks he's talking like Marlon Brando. What it's, is going it, on? Exactly. What is going on? That's what I kept thinking. A lot of weird decisions it. being made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird decisions all day. But yeah, uh, listening audience, Selena Flores. Hi. Selena Flores is my partner in crime, my partner in life. And the person who often sits behind me while I record this podcast. Yep. Yes. It's true. Yep. Selena, what are you typically working on back there? Editing photos? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes editing video, but mostly editing photos. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Selena is a professional photographer for hire in the Portland area. If you ever need a event photographer or a portrait photographer, as she mm-hmm. just got a new studio and she's going to be doing portraits quite a bit here soon. Ooh. It's true. Yeah. I'm very excited. So if you need your Tinder pictures updated, <laughs> seriously, your Bumbles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All the stuff. Well, hey, your LinkedIn, you know? Oh, yeah, that you know too. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? Uh, All of the above. Your OnlyFans? A friend of a friend, I actually did a photo shoot for, well, I don't want to put anybody on blast. Let's just no say- no names. He ended up using the photos I did of the portrait session on his Hinge profile oh. and said it worked, <clears throat> excuse me, said it worked really well. Hell yeah. Um, because so, you captured his natural beauty. Yes. Yes. You uncovered the magic that always existed within him. And uh-huh. other people are like, oh, damn, this guy's got something Glowing. About him. Yeah. Yeah. The Some essence. Zhuzh. The yep. zhuzh. I don't know if we're using the word zhuzh. In I, I really love that <laughs> I idea, though, yeah. of photographing people for specifically for their dating profile pics. So if anybody <laughs> wants to do that, I'm totally That'd be that. kind of a new market to edge into, you know? There's a lot yeah. of competition, especially for dudes, obviously. So 
Might be. I, dudes could definitely use some help dudes with their need, profile pics. Dude, dude. Okay, so no, with their profiles, you know, yeah, that's one hundred percent. Yeah, they need a consultant when it comes to dating apps. You but know also, what I don't want? I don't want some fatty who thinks that she can. <laughs> you know, like what but, are you doing? Wait, but before, what are you doing with but your also bio? look at this fish. Yeah, but also look at this fish. But yeah, actually, oh, let's, yeah, totally. let's be real. If we have people consulting and helping these people that much, mm. then then they are will be catfishing partners Fuck, and right. women will be going on horrible dates since we don't want to be making Shit. dating well, we lives okay, for women We have harder. to go further then. <laughs> True. We have to go further and actually fix uh, the men. Yes. yes. Let's do it. Unfortunately. Let's fix them with Somehow. physical harm. <laughs> okay. We'll threaten Confrontation. Them. Yeah. Well, we got to yoke up, bro. You we guys handle that. Buffer or yeah, hire really buff dudes. Dude, I got a hole in my shirt to show how masculine I am. <laughs> I don't go a fuck what I look like ever. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> I could feel that. I was tactile. feel that. To me. I was tactile, uh, yes. The listening audience needs to know that Selena pulled some chest hair out of the hole in Hash's shirt. Yes. So just, yeah. That's the visual. <laughs> Gently. And I could feel it. Gently. Yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a rip the hair out. No, it was a no. gentle tug. No, it was a nice, uh, <laughs> nice uh, petting of the mane. <laughs> Her. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so Selena, besides your photography uh, and listening audience, if you ever want to listen to her voice on podcast form, you can hear her on the It Did Happen Here podcast. True. And what's what is the It Did Happen Here podcast? So I was part of a team that did this. Mm-hmm. Just got to say that up front because it was such a team effort. It's a podcast, a documentary podcast, limited series, so 11 episodes total. Uh, set in the late 80s, early 90s here in Portland, um, there was a large presence of neo-Nazi skinheads here at that time. And they were terrorizing the punk community, going to punk shows, fighting people, and also immigrant communities. They A couple of people ended up killing another person. I feel like I'm bringing this down. Um, Mulugeta no, no, Sara. No, no. You're not bringing it down at all. We talk about dark about. stuff all the time. Okay. Yep. Mulugeta Sara um, was an Ethiopian immigrant and student here, and he was murdered by two neo Nazi skinheads, or three, sorry, three. Yeah, we look in the podcast, we interview a bunch of different people who were there at the time, people who were anti racist skinheads, um, organizers who were doing research and intelligence gathering on neo-Nazi groups and actors. Actors? Doing acts of violence, I guess. Oh, 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 God. <laughs> I thought there was like some infiltration in Hollywood or something. I mean, they're probably... Maybe. But possible, regardless. Who knows? Uh, that's speculation. A, yeah. It's reckless um, <laughs> And ultimately, the kind of broad-based community organizing that was done to fight back against these neo-Nazis who were terrorizing the communities here. And they did a good job. They pushed them back underground. Um, as we know now, they're resurfaced in various forms. But yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time, it felt safer. And so the podcast... Yeah, the podcast documents that time. It's like a people's history, um, very much an oral history of the time and place and we were actually approached by PM Press and it's now been turned into a book and that was released at the end of March so yeah but interviews so are awesome. in the book thank you are more fleshed out and um, there's more context 
And yeah, be excited. A buddy of mine walked into my studio and he's like, do you just have like a sticker of like anti-Nazi? It's just like a Nazi sim- a swastika with a cross through it. Where the Crossed fuck did Nazi you get Nazi swastika? Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, it's this podcast. I told him about it. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. And if you ever want more stickers, you just tell me. Yep. And that's a reference to the Dead Kennedys had a armband in one of their albums that had the crossed out Nazi swastika. That's the kind of phrase that we were saying over and over in the podcast, crossed out Nazi swastika. And <laughs> that's why I'm crossed saying it like that. Nazi swastika. Yeah. Wow, that's but a mouthful. It is. And maybe it's good to di- differentiate that between the ancient symbol that was used symbolically, um, spiritually. Yeah, right. It's a, res- a respectful way to, to do that, to differentiate, for delineate. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we have uh, stickers for those, of those. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. super dope. I put it on my fridge. Yay, thank so you. People come in and they're like, oh, <laughs> I guess I'll leave then. you just all these all these recording clients that you have coming over animation clients i'm like come on come on over hans Mm. he's like i don't think so no i think uh germans are anti-nazi probably more than americans for the most part you know what i mean by percentage that'd be wise for them to be well i just think that they educated their population about it and um we did for a little bit and then stopped and then started removing that shit and then started saying it was a lie. And so people are just confused now. I think we've just been way too tolerant in the United States, but it's understandably or it's understandable why, because the whole shit started with, you know, slavery and murder and genocide and blah, 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 blah. And violence yeah. and intolerance. So yeah. obviously there's going to be some uh, lingering tolerance for uh racism and white nationalism yeah we live in a fucking colonial project what are you gonna do mm-hmm. yep and it was founded in trauma and war and things like yeah. that you know and so we were you know how we were talking about in the birth trauma episode you remember that and we like traumatic births um often lead to like higher cases in autism and neurodivergent mm. things um and that there's like statistics that <laughs> are you know and we questioned if the statistics were worthy Etc. But, you know, if we look at the fact that the country was born in a traumatic, had a traumatic birth. Right. You know what I mean? So now we're looking at potentially neurodivergent societal patterns, hmm. you know, which is a, a, a an interesting concept. It's interesting. Yeah. I had heard the concept of, of um, business and um, country astrology. <laughs> like I, I had never I had never heard of that. Well, before, that just pisses me off immediately. But yeah. Like, well, I just, so like the birth chart of a country. (laughs) Yeah. United States is a cancer. And the United States is a cancer. (laughs) And the United States also just had its Pluto's return. I ain't gonna let you say about my country that my country is a cancer. It's a cancer. Uh, Also, uh, you know, if you know anything about astrology, America just, uh, it just had its Pluto's return. Oh, God damn it. I don't want to ever hear that again. Yeah, which represents a, a, some cycle. Yeah, <laughs> some cycle. I don't know anything about it. Some I mean, I could talk cycle. about it, but it sounds like it's not a favorite topic here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with people, I'm very like, all right, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fucking stars. Sure, sure, sure. But with countries, come on. Where are we going to draw the line? This TV <laughs> has a fucking astrological sign for fuck's sake. 
Yeah, if you can it's find like, out you know, when it's made. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, it would have better reception. It's just, you know, it's... It's a Gemini. Yeah, <laughs> it's kidding. a Gemini. It's Mercury <laughs> rising. You know, we can't do anything about it. Like, fuck you. That's not... Anyway, I don't know. I guess, you know, that is one oh, way sorry, to uh, kind of put into context or understand why shit goes down. But yeah, I think that people are just trying to figure shit out. And they just look totally. look for, you know, any set of rules, set of laws, et cetera, mm-hmm. that were passed down from our ancestors. And they try to apply it and filter what they see through those things. Mm, yeah. And right. so, you know, various people latch on to different sets of rules and laws. Mm-hmm. Some people do the astrology. Some people do the religion. Some people do the atheism. Some people do nihilism. Some people poop on themselves and they like yeah. poop play. Some people... <laughs> Just just poop their pants just to see if they can just, just do it. Just did to you, feel something. Oh, with it. wait. Did you ever talk about when we went out to breakfast and you had an acronym for something you were working on, Rob? Yeah. Oh. Have you talked about that yet? No, we haven't talked we about any of that. We have not yet. <laughs> what was um, it? God, what was it? it was, do you uh, have them written down? I, I remember a I couple do. of them. Was it poop? <laughs> I feel like it might Poop was the first poop. one. Poop was the first one, but scat was social consciousness and temperament. You got to have scat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I wrote it down for sure because that shit is important. Um, <laughs> that shit is important. We got to get it? that kind of thing figured out, man. People need help. And this is going to help. Yeah. Poop. Yeah. Poop. Yep. Project onto other people's moms. Oh, no, <laughs> never mind. No, the moms is not part of it. Yeah. Project. <laughs> Project onto other people. <laughs> poop. <laughs> yeah. Moms. Don't scat, poop. Social conduct and temperament. Oh, but yeah, because you'll poop your pants. Yeah. You'll project onto other people. Your patrons, associates, neighbors, teams, and society. <laughs> yeah, don't poop your pants. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. No, I'm still working on that, though. It's going to be good, though. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry if I... Publish that was premature. Yeah, do you want, oh, we can cut that out. We can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. That's my IP. Yeah. Okay. So we got a we got a hot take. I mean, oh, not a hot shit. take, but a hot observation. That we saw. Ooh, I don't so, know what he's gonna say. Ooh, first off, sizzling. Yeah, you do. Um, well, I guess so. Here's the comment to start it all off: people watching at Costco or people watching at the airport. You can only have one. Which one do you take hmm. for the rest of your life? Only one. I feel like my reasoning is going to be weird, but I feel like the airport just because it'd be more comfortable to sit in an airport. Mm. You'd have to stand around on concrete floors at the Costco. Good call. But the people. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's why my reasoning is not very good, though. (laughs) So here's here's my reason why the Costco is is better, because... I think for people, yeah, I think you're right. Wait, can I just interject real quick? Oh, yeah, give us your answer, please. At first, I was going to say Costco because there's food involved, but then I remember the time we were at the airport and the guy doused his pizza with salt. Yeah, did I ever tell you that one? What? Yes. Yes. So we're at Wolfgang Puck's in Ontario, (laughs) California. So we're in Ontario, California, outside of uh, east of L.A., because you don't want to fly into LAX because Jesus Christ. I've done it. Yeah. 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 You don't want to do that. So we weren't flying. Well, we weren't technically staying in LA. We were staying in Victorville. So Ontario made a lot more sense. It's closer. Either way, it's a pretty nice little airport and there's no one there. So, you know. Nice. Nice. Hell yeah. So we're there. We're like, all right, let's get some food. We're at the Wolfgang Pucks. We get some pizza. 
Family sits down next to us and they get pizza. Dude gets a pepperoni pizza and he is heavily salting every like slice of pizza, like individually. Like, he, like, but didn't he do the whole thing first? He did the whole thing first and then he was doing each piece. Like, but I like, don't, I, I, uh, but yes. like, why though? Yeah. So Our questions too. What? So, yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, I'm, we're like sitting. You know, like I'm he's he's sitting like kind of where Selena is to me, but like a little farther down. And so I'm trying to not just be like, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, but like, what the fuck? Like he's like he keeps salting his pizza. It's it's one of those things. It's so very strange point is, you know, you get that at the airport. Uh, uh, but you also get that kind of, you know, shocking uh, food take. You also get that at Costco. And so the oh. reason that I would pick Costco is because Costco, they're largely isn't as much of a uh, financial road to entry or barrier of entry. Oh, I so see. you, you sure. see a lot more people in a lot of different um, circumstances. So everyone goes to Costco. A lot of people go to the airport, but not everyone. But everyone goes to Costco. <laughs> so we saw some food, some food take. All right, let's see it. Let's hear it. So let's eat. It was it. amazing. We order some pizza, and you know now Costco has the self service lines. Of course, every, yeah, of course, you know, and that's the thing they want to they want to fire some people and yep. shove some labor onto their customers as much. Yeah, as possible. well, they got to keep those pizzas ten dollars, and the only way to keep them ten dollars is by cutting <laughs> yeah, well, the labor down forty percent. Point. Yeah, yeah, and the hot dog has to be a dollar fifty still, you right. know, because yeah. which is wild. So that is so wild. Yeah. It's plus that's the soda. Dope as shit, plus the soda. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of the hot dog, right? So we're getting there. We're we're sitting there. We're waiting for our pizza, and I look down, and there's a woman who's uh I want to say a, a Latina in her late forties to mid fifties, right? Uh, she's a you know she's been around the block a couple times. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> is what I'm saying. She's not. She. This is not a person that she's a working girl. You know, she has a full time job. <laughs> Well, uh, she, you know, <laughs> she's aware and cognizant of what is happening, you know, okay. very, very much so. Yeah. So imagine you have your hot dog, right? You Everyone always eats their hot dog kind of like they eat a taco, like yeah. a hard, like a hard taco, right? But yeah. if you think of that same concept. So imagine if you had your hard taco and you held it in both hands, oh right? Oh my God, I can and see so, where this is going. And, and so, the, so, the, so the, you know, top and your lettuce and cheese is on top, and then you started to eat it top down. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so but this is what this- She's eating the fucking hot dog. She's, like she's eating hamburger. the hot dog top yes. down. No, <sighs> not like a hamburger. Not like a hamburger. That's <laughs> like from the side. It? No, no, yeah. we're talking oh. like, imagine like the hot dog is laying in your hand, right? And the bun's like this, and it, the bun, the, it's, you know, curled, and the hot yeah. dog's laying yeah. in there and all the condiments <laughs> on top. So she has that, and she's eating- the condiments first. <laughs> what? And like, bite. And so, and so. She knows what she likes, you know. And then, <laughs> and then, so after she's eaten, you know, like corn on the cob, the bur the hot dog across. <laughs> Wait, so, she ate like the say, sauerkraut. Yes. The sauer and there's like little divots where her teeth, little teeth marks, little waves. What the fuck? And then. <laughs> okay. She gets up. And gets more condiments. Yes. yes. And goes back and reapplies yes. the mustard and relish oh, and goes back yes. in and eats well, it like a normal hot now. dog. And eats it like a normal hot dog. <laughs> she, she's got to so, figure it out. What are you trying to take her joy? This is no, her there's, moment. No, there's nothing for her. This is, this is not kink shaming. This is kink awing. Yes. You know, so That's it's like incredible. sometimes you stare and it's not you staring because you are disgusted. But there is a little bit of disgust, but it's also a lot of respect. 
<laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't you wish you could just like do what the fuck you want? Yeah. In the moment. So many times we're like, uh, but you know, I shouldn't. Yeah, going against those social norms. Yeah, yeah exactly. going against yeah. the grain, you know? We can learn from her. Yeah. Because that's a pretty established, well-established social norm. Yeah. You eat yeah. a fucking hot dog like a fucking hot dog. Yeah. yeah. Glizzy. You eat yes. that glizzy. You, you, I, I, <laughs> I told my niece that <laughs> she wanted a hot dog, and I was like, oh, okay, so you're a glizzy gobbler. And she's like... <laughs> You know, that has a really gross context. I'm like, how the hell do you know? Like, what do you mean? I didn't mean it like that. How do you know? You're 11. What are you doing? Hey, girls mature faster than boys. She, she, how old are you, plus Rob? The internet. Plus the internet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so have you seen this whole like phenomenon of people that are like ashamed to be like photographed eating the hot dog. And I mean, obviously they, they, they play on it in commercials and stuff, but there are actually some pretty funny videos of like a dude at a party doing like, everything he can. Like every, like fuck. he's off in the corner at like this barbecue and he's like, just like trying to not be seen like eating the hot dog. And it's just, it's so funny that like the desire to not be viewed as homophobic is that strong. You know what I mean? Or I mean, the, uh, as, as homosexual. Th that, that is an unhealthy preoccupation. Preoc preoccupation there we go there we go With, it's uh it's an obsession appearing gay like, i agree Jesus Christ. also yeah. not gay to eat a hot dog no. you can eat a hot or dog a literally any way you want and there is no gay way to eat a hot dog yeah <laughs> what the fuck? unless you're gay and eating a hot unless dog unless you're gay <laughs> that's literally the only way that you could be gay eating a hot dog <laughs> oh my god yeah and so I'm sure the banana. There's a banana. Yes. What the dude, we, were, well. we were eating bananas, yeah. you know, before we were humans. <laughs> are, are monkeys gay? Are I don't know. Are monkeys like you know out know. in the corner, like getting the banana and like just running <laughs> off into the woods, like <laughs> just like no one can see me eating this food? Only to protect their resources. That's actually yeah. That's true. But it's right. not because they don't want to be seen eating the banana. Not because they feel shame. Yeah. They have no stigma. shame. Yeah. No. No, they got no fucking shame. Yeah, no shame. No. You'll see that in the uh, the Chim documentary. Chip yeah. vampire. Chip vampire. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, That's... my favorite type of homophobia is when it gets to the point where actually it's gay to be with a woman. Like, yeah. It's actually so gay to wild. eat a vagina. It's gay to fuck a woman with too much passion in a, yeah. in any position other than this position. Yeah. It's like, what? what that is it, wild. Yeah, doggy style is gay. Uh, yeah. What are Her you talking about? Her on top about? is gay because that means that she's uh, uh, showing or, you know, exerting dominance. You. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's my, wild. Reading? She's fucking you. You she's gotta fucking. be the one fucking. Yeah. Only like this, though. Jesus Missionary Christ. only in the mission, fellas. Is it gay to be attracted to women? <laughs> you tell me. Huh? You tell me. I have no fucking me. clue. I don't know what the word means. <laughs> or like when when transphobia ends up just like shitting on cis women for not being like level at this level of femininity or something. Yeah, I haven't it's like seen that. Slingshots but... all the way around. Yeah. Mm. Fun. Yeah. Joy. Great stuff. Death and social stigma. Yes. Death and shame. I 
emotional repression volume 40 pack to the gills with today's sexiest and anachronistically hot new superstars into one all new power pack collection enhance your commute home with the best songs that repress emotionality with songs like the smash hit sensation don't cry out loud by melissa manchester don't cry out loud just keep it inside and learn how to hide your feelings now you can have all your favorite hits about curbing your feelings in order to appear strong right here right now chart toppers from artists like melissa manchester the cure fergie and more. The smash hit sensation Big Girls Don't Cry by The Four Seasons now delivers nothing but the most repressed of hits that you yearn for. But to get them, call the number on your screen. There's never been a music collection with the ability to gaslight yourself quite like this before. Until now! The classic I Stand Alone by Steve Perry. Like every tree stands on its own Reaching for the sky, I stand alone I share my world with no one else All by myself, I stand alone Available now on Laserdisc, H-Track, and on the Sega CD To order, call the number on your screen Or fax one cubic foot of dried fennel Plus shipping and handling must be dead or older to call. Well, you want to spelunk a song? Yeah, dude. What's on? You want to you want to spelunk? I'm fucking ready. La 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 la. Well, hold on. Actually, one second. Let me see if I can um do the thing where I grab the sounder. Ooh. If I can grab the sounder. <laughs> I thought you were gonna sing that like share. <laughs> if I can grab the sounder. <laughs> If I could find that wave. Ooh. Bravo. <laughs> I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, gather round. You're about to be witness to a special treat. The Nostalgia Pit crew is about to go a song spelunking. They're going to grab the pickaxes and the shovels and those hats with the little lights on them. Because they're about to do a deep dive. Look at the lyrics of some of these songs and figure out just what in the golly gee heck is going on with those wild and crazy lyrics from the songs these days. So without further ado, here's Rob and Colin. They're going to take you song spelunking. With Selena. Whoop, whoop. With Selena. Yep, guess what we're spelunking. Oh man, I'm excited. What is it? We're going to spelunk. One of my favorite uh, go-to karaoke songs. Is oh, actually, is no, well, I, I, so here's my my story. I was like really drunk one time, and I was like, "Kiss from a Rose." I'm gonna do it, and I hadn't done karaoke in like four oh, years. And have you ever tried yeah. to do that song? That song is not easy in karaoke. No, it really isn't. So yeah. I was really drunk, and I was like, oh, <laughs> "Crushed it, crushed." It. I bet you did though. Kiss from did. a Rose by Seal. That's what we're splunking. I'm so excited, dude. Splunking, yes. The best part of Batman and Robin, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yep. Or is it Batman Forever? The only good part, some I would think say. It's Batman and Robin, right? Ooh. Find out for me, because I always get them mixed up. I always get them mixed up. This cat well, Batman is just Forever taking is over. Obviously, better than Batman and Robin, but not by much. Is it which one? Okay, so which one is Batman Forever? Is that the one with Jim Carrey? Yes. 
And Batman and Robin is the one with Arnold. Yes. So, okay, so who are the Oh, it is Batman Forever. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, Okay, so that was the one that had the huge fucking merchandise push. I had like a cup from McDonald's. Yes, Yes. all the McDonald's stuff. (laughs) Yes, I had those. Dude, yeah. I, I cannot wait to get the consumer time capsule dude on here and just talk about all the McDonald's promotions and stuff. Because <laughs> yes, that dude yes. has so... He's like a warehouse of that shit. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, his house is... he If he's married, his wife is a trooper. Yeah, right. <laughs> Guys, his collection's great, though. We got a cat right here. He's just hanging out. He's Hell part of the podcast, yeah. too. He's being so cute. All right, so... Ba-ya-ya, ba-da-da-da-da-da. Yep, this is the medieval... Part but yeah, yeah. But da 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 da. There's like a yeah. lute playing and a jester popping. But yeah, yeah. But da 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 da. But yeah, yeah. That's the one. All right. There... Okay, go. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there used to be a graying tower alone on the sea. Graying? Yeah. Graying. Damn, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good line, bro. <laughs> a graying tower alone on the sea. We're assuming that this is a wow. lighthouse. Okay. Maybe. Who knows? Castle? Uh, it could be a castle with, with a strategic, you know, a- advantage being like a parapet. lookout. Okay. A parapet. Uh, I, I'm assuming in my eyes I saw a lighthouse, but, but I, hear, I hear what yep. you say. Um, well, well, so it's a lighthouse or a castle, perhaps. Obviously, this is... I'm going to just... Uh, make my prediction now obviously this is like metaphor or allegory for something oh is it i thought we were very- literally this is a pirate song <laughs> it's very evocative that's good yes. fucking poetic imagery man mm. yeah come on mm. i didn't even know that was the lyrics to be honest and i've sung it like a million times yeah when i did it i was it. too drunk to actually same. sing the lyrics so i just was doing things like that yeah. so i, got I was the same though i had never really considered the lyrics had heard it since i was a little kid yeah and Finally really paid attention and was like, whoa. Okay, go. Okay, so there used to be a graying tower alone on the sea, and you became the light on the dark side of me. So is he the tower? Okay, now the lighthouse is really like, that theory is strength strengthened. I okay, think. and you became the light on the dark side of me. Is he the moon? Or the tower. Okay, now it's starting to lose cohesion, though. <laughs> I think Metaphors. he's the tower. I think he's the tower. Okay, he's the tower, and she's the light on the dark side. Okay, He's alone on the cliff, graying, withering. So he was withering away without, like, true partnership or love in his life. Yeah. Well, then, love remained a drug that's the high and not the pill. Oh, that's cool. But. Dopamine. Did you know that when it snows. Oxytocin. My eyes become large, and the light that you shine can't be seen. Like pupils dilated? Can I tell my prediction? Yeah. I think this is about drugs. Oh. But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large, the light that you shine can't be seen? So maybe you're thinking that, like, okay, so, so far in this allegory, if if, if it's cohesive, if it's coherent, He's the withering, the graying tower on the side of the sea, all lonely and, you know, sad, whatever. Then she shines a light on the dark side of him, and he's, like, happy about that, probably. Then snow comes, snowfall, uh, makes his eyes large, and the light that she was shining disappears. So 
maybe it is drugs. Maybe it's like the the addiction that's like getting in between them. Yeah. Or maybe it's he's saying love is the drug hypothesis. Yeah. Well, but see, but then why would her light fail to shine on him? Because she know? felt, you know, because it was a fling. <gasps> oh. Rebound. Hmm. All right. So, baby. Yeah. I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. The more I get of you, the stranger it feels. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Can I just say, I always thought he said grave. And I that was too. not I helped too. because in the video, he's in a graveyard. Yes. I bet whoever made that video thought he said that and he was too polite uh, to correct him. Yeah. That's very possible. <laughs> I mean. Because <laughs> it makes sense. You throw flowers on a grave. Yep. 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 That's what we thought. That's what we thought. Uh, Mondegreens. Right. Yep. Mondegreens. Mondegreens. Okay. All right. Well, let's just be honest here. The chorus okay. don't make no fucking sounds. Okay. And now that your rose is in bloom, yeah. a light hits the gloom on the gray. Is it? The gray mean brain? Is gray brain? Brain? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's funny. It could be. Yeah. There used to be a graying tower alone on right. the sea. I'm assuming that the gray means the tower at this point. Mm, but I'm yeah, so yeah. like mixed up at this point already because uh, he, she shone a light, but then it started snowing, and yep. then she wasn't showing the light anymore. Mm -hmm. And but it's a lot like a kiss from a rose yep. that light that she shows. Yes. But then and then so apparently it wasn't in bloom for a while because it nope. was snowing. Oh duh, because it was yep. snowing. Yeah. Roses don't bloom in winter yep. time. Duh. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> Talking it out. <laughs> Okay, so ba ya ya ba da 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 da. Yeah, back to the middle ya portion. Yes. Ba ya ya ba da 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 da. Ba ya ya. Okay. Classic. <clears throat> there is so much a man can tell you, so much he can he can say. Sure. You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain, baby. Yeah. To me, you're like a growing addiction that I can't deny. Mm -hmm. Won't you tell me, is that healthy, baby? Okay. <laughs> he looked at me when he said that. That's why I, I laughed. I fucking get it now. What is it? I get it now. What? It's a fucking on and off relationship. Mm. He, when it snows, like she, it's seasonal. Like she disappears, like during the winter, oh. quote unquote. She's the rose. She, when she blooms, it's amazing. And then the winter comes and she's gone. Oh. And he's like, mm. fuck, like, uh, it's all I can think about. I'm obsessed. She's a snowbird. There you go. <laughs> That's what it is. She's a snowboard. I like that because Seal doesn't, I don't know, seem to me like somebody who would be into cocaine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> Not particularly, really. Uh-uh. He doesn't yeah. make like high energy frenetic uh, no. funk pop. He seems very grounded. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, you know, but did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and that light that you shine can't be seen, baby. When it snows. So when the seasons have changed and she's gone, why does, oh, it becomes dark. Is that why his eyes become large? You oh, know how yeah. when you're in a dark room? Right. Because he mentions the gloom and all that. Like, and yeah, because her light goes away. Now she and it becomes see, gray. So he's like trying to adjust. Oh, it's, dude! Oh, it's like great. It's the pretty the cloud cover, you know, like the cloud cover right. that it, in winter shuts out the sun, and there is light, but it's not you know true light. You don't feel its warmth. That's deep, etc. Yeah. 
All right, baby, I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. So in that line, we're assuming that he's comparing her to the light shining on a rose and making it grow. Yeah. Ooh, the more I get of you, stranger it feels, yeah. Now that your rose is in bloom, a light hits the gloom on the gray. So he's saying the seasons are changing. Right. So once the rose blooms, he knows that the season's going to change. And And that she's going to be back in his life. And it's not going to be this lonely graying tower on the side of a mountain. Mm. So I've been kissed by a rose on the gray. I, I've been kissed by a rose on the gray. I've been kissed by a rose on the gray. See, I'm singing it really badly to. Yeah, that was a little off. Eschew or or get away from copyright laws. Oh. Because we're worried about that here at the Nostalgia. Gonna get get a kiss by rose (laughs) on a gray. That's the the reason you're out of key. (laughs) Copyright fears. (laughs) If you you waver hardcore, no copyright uh, detection can happen. I've, in parentheses, and if I should fall, will it all go away? Oh, sure. End of parentheses. Been kissed by a rose on the gray. I've been kissed. I, I've been kissed by a rose. No, I. All right. There's so much a man can tell you, so much he can see. Say. You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain. Baby. Sorry. I think this guy needs a little therapy. I I think he needs a little help. I think that realistically, as I'm getting down into here, this is codependent relationship. Yes. Now that is what I call codependency. That's exactly what the fuck it is, man. Because he's like literally just falling apart and he's like worried he's going to fall into the fucking ocean until she shows up. And she's not even like around consistently. So he's just going through hell. He he there's so much a man can say. And all he wants to talk about is how he's obsessed. He gives every bit of his like self-confidence and uh livelihood life in general to this woman who's just in and out see come on man we were talking we were talking about the relationship with the muse with beige two episodes ago right and this is an example of an unhealthy relationship with the muse because his muse is inspiring him to write this beautiful poetry but also, he's just so depressed at the end. So maybe she's also inspiring him w- by abandoning him. And it's just that's the other side of the art. Well, the question is, always, is it better to be inspired and prolific or content? Because it sure seems like it's difficult to get both. Probably not impossible, but more often than not. Well, depends what your definition of contentment is. It's true. So, I mean, if you're talking, like, is contentment, like, peace. retirement, so to speak? Just peace. Not, that's not peace content. Peace in the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's mental health. Right. You know what I mean? And that's willingness to look in. Mm. And if people are willing to do that, then they can find peace. But to continue. But can they be prolific? But can they be prolific and, and brilliant? I mean, that's what heroin jazz is all about, right? People, or... Anybody taking heroin and making music, for instance, where they feel like they need that drug to be creative. Right. Yeah. And I will People say. People often find unhealthy muses for that reason because yep. they feel like the chaos inspires some sort of like creativity. Maybe it's not like a, an overt, explicit thought in their right. head, but like they seek out like this drama or this, you know, conflict, chaos, whatever. Yeah. yeah. There, is, there is creativity in heroin. 
And <laughs> like, no, don't get me wrong. Like heroin jazz is great music. Like heroin yeah, classic is. rock is really good. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like all the drug music you know, is good. And unfortunately, you know, as my, as opioids take people left and right and just took away a member of my family, you know what I mean? Like I get it, but it's like, I understand that it, it does take like when used properly or, you know, for some people it can get them into a creative space that they wouldn't be otherwise. And then they can create really interesting art. I mean, the human brain is interesting. Right. And I think that art should be created at all, uh, you know, inebriation levels because it's art's just cool. People should create. It's true. I'm going to try and do it sober because I just want to see if I can just like do it. You can't. I mean, that's that's one of the inebriation levels. That's on the, the range. Sobriety is one of them. Some it's people on have to create sober One end art. of the spectrum and then, yeah. you know. Crossfaded is at yes. the other end of that. Yes. <laughs> All right. So to me, you're like a growing addiction that I can't deny. Yeah, baby. Or yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Won't you tell me is that healthy baby? But did you know that when it snows, my eyes oh become my large and the light that you can't shine can't be seen? So he exhibits some self-awareness that this is like a toxic. Well, he, yeah, he's asking, is that healthy? You know, it's not. Baby. Dude. Don't ask. You know. The reason you're asking is because you know it's not. Baby. I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. Ooh. The more Ooh. I get of you, the stranger it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Now that your rose is in bloom, light hits the gloom on the gray. Yes, I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. Yeah, we understand, Seal. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't so, have to. It, there's some more repetition there. Yes. Uh, codependency. Now that's what I call it. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what the fuck that is, man. And or a song about drugs. That it being could be said, about drugs. Um, could, I will... the rose could be drugs. The rose... I think the snow could be drugs. The rose and the snow <laughs> yeah, that's could more, be drugs. Even more like uh, <laughs> likely, yeah. Can I just say, I saw an interview with Seal where he said that people ask him what the song means and he's like, what do you think it means? And he's never divulged what it means to him. So, Well, I, I feel like that's say... ultimately the truth because yeah. it doesn't actually matter what he intended because everybody's going to take it in their own way. But yeah. it feels like a cop-out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, he's not though. not obliged he does. He, there's no like obligation on his part, you know, to divulge that. Yeah, but I mean, I listened to an interview with uh, was it Gina Davis who was in that movie A League of Their Own. I got Gina Davis eyes. <laughs> that's not <Sorry>. the song. <laughs> I know it's Steve Buscemi eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is Gina Davis the one in, in yeah. uh, A League of Their Own and Beetlejuice? Yep. Okay, so she's the one who's dotty and and she drops the ball at the end. And I listened to an interview with her, and they were like, you know. It's like one of those sports mystery lores. They were like, did you, did she do it on purpose or did she not? Like, what was the intention of the character in the screen? And Gina Davis essentially refused to answer the question because answering the question kills the conversation about it. And it's like a beautiful conversation to be having about that thing. Mm. Yeah. So it's like there is beauty and ambiguity. And if Seal intended it to be whatever, you know, the, the beauty within the beholder, so to speak, then right. then fuck yeah. Yep. That being said, it's definitely the most poetic and beautifully well written and best song that will be on the codependency volumes. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, know, maybe the not. song spelunker too. I don't maybe know. Not. That was a beautiful know. fucking song. I watched another video on it talking I don't know, about dude that looks like a lady was pretty beautifully <laughs> written. That's all I can say. Sorry. Pretty right. <laughs> <laughs> um, where he the person was going into all the layers of instruments and 
uh, vocals that go into the song. And it's actually really complex. I didn't realize. Kiss from a until. Rose? Yeah. Oh, word. No, dude looks like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> so many layers. There's the guitar, the bass. There's the second guitar line. <laughs> the other guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I think, like, as far as, like, people wanting to know the answers, that's the thing. People always want to know the answers. Yeah. But they should not get them because yeah. the answers, like, you always think you want the answer to something, but you don't really want the answer to something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even if it, like, drives you crazy not knowing, like, that is the fucking engine for creativity and inspiration and shit. Once the answer's laid on the fucking table, it's like, Okay, well, well, that's that then. Yeah. Okay. It's like why, like, the mystique around the Joker, you know, or whatever, like some yeah. sort of, you know, fictional character. It's like that is what drives so much intrigue and why the character is so mythological is because we don't know his origins really. Uh, and if you just answer that question in plain terms, it's like, oh, okay, well, dude, that character's dead. D.B. Yeah. Cooper? Dude, you know yeah, D.B. Cooper, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, and you notice, like, with the, the submersible that was in the news a while ago, like, the intrigue was lost the moment that people were like, oh, it just exploded when it got just down there? Oh, okay. Into, yeah, everybody's oh, like, oh, did? oh, I didn't right. hear that. Yeah, it up their newspapers. Yeah, it was like within 30 milliseconds, the whole thing reduced, like, to the size of a fist, essentially, and, like, mm -hmm. that much force makes it heat up to, like, the, the surface of the sun. Yeah, they essentially, essentially. incinerated. So yeah. it's, Whoa. like, well, incinerated Immolated and were crushed and, like, you, like, are reduced to a pinprick. Whoa. Underwater. Yeah. 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 Incinerated the, underwater. That's yeah, wild. Yeah, the, the pressure at that level was just so much greater than the, uh, you know, pressure inside and then, like, the hole cracked or something and then it was just, like, <laughs> just. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. What, how deep were they? They were at the uh, bottom of the fucking ocean. Yeah, well, we're not. Yeah, they were. They were trying to get all the way to. It's like two thousand feet or three thousand feet below. I think is. Yeah. How far down the, the Titanic is? Wow. And they were Crazy. using a carbon fiber, you know, uh, a vessel with like titanium discs on each side of it, essentially. And typically, vessels that go down are made of steel and and um, iron and stuff like that, or steel, like steel and titanium, maybe. But uh, this wasn't tested. There was a bunch of like... Oh, was this the first voyage of it? Uh, with this vessel, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They just went down. And yeah, just yeah. like a, multiple billionaires. And it's just like... I listened to an interview with a NASA... I'm not sorry, not a NASA. A Navy... Uh, a guy who oh, does submarine yeah. stuff. And he was talking about just how crazy it was and that they were probably dead. And that was a couple of days before it was... Or, you know before that they had their air would have run out so to speak is this the guy who just unequivocally was like they were like so do you think they're still alive and he's like no yeah <laughs> just straight up yeah well he they he, they asked him uh what do you you know like you know what are you and your colleagues saying and he's like they're dead yeah uh, damn you know and the guy they were just like oh shit this guy's like super cold but he also at the start of the uh interview was just like at a certain point we're going you know like we're going to have to ask ourselves can this money be used to better for better things? Like the money that like we're yeah. throwing into searching for them. It's right. just like these people signed uh, waivers that they're like on the first page, there was the word death three times and they paid $250,000 to go down in this thing. 
and they volunteered to do it. Everyone mm -hmm. were conscious, uh, uh, you know, able and active and well-minded adults. Right. Just like why, you know, why do we have to be like, why does the Coast Guard and the Navy yeah. and all these things have to be like putting so much money into searching for these people? And he mentioned in like Bangladesh, like 600 people died in yeah. a submarine. And there was like multiple other things. And he's like, none of this makes the news. He's just like, I just don't understand why five people I'm being asked to come on every news thing ever. And I wasn't asked to talk about any of these other things. Yeah, it's called propaganda. Like, it's you well, know, it's, and it's called rich white people. Well, that's you know? exactly right. It's to uphold the 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 value system where white, rich white people are the most important in yeah. society. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's literally the only reason because. There's no clearer example of fuck around and find out. This is yeah. the most clear example. Like, dude, yeah. you're going to the bottom of the ocean in this little tin can, and it, you know, it the like, come on, man. Like, the, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> why? I guess the the one 19 year old. That's the one I've heard the oh, most about. Yeah, that not, I, I feel. Yeah. A little, uh, some sadness for that kid. See, yeah. to me, that makes sense that a 19 year old would do something like that. Because they well, don't apparently have a fucking he didn't want fully to. formed brain. Oh, he didn't want to. That's even worse. Yeah, he oh, was scared. Oh, no, he got he dragged really there. squared, but scared. Squared. Woo. Well, uh, he was now. Really scared, but his dad wanted him because his dad, you know, was really, I guess they had ancestors an who were on the Titanic. Yes. Oh, So sure. he's an enthusiast for that history. And the kid didn't want to go, but he did want to please his dad. He did want to be involved in oh, something that tragic. his dad was interested in. So he chose to go, but... Yeah. Damn. He was afraid. That was his, I think that was his intuition speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you should listen to your intuition. And if you don't, then Darwin, unfortunately. Turns out the youngest of them had the most uh, sensible take on it. Yeah. Like, that's interesting. This is maybe not a good idea. Come on, man. Yeah. And it's crazy what rich people are just like willing to spend so much frivolous money on and like not willing to you know assist those in need and they you know the the ways that they do the excuses is like oh well you know like mankind is always pushed forward by the explorers and things sure. like that and it's just like okay but like we've explored the whole planet and you just told us this guy that i just listened to the interview he just told the story about doing a dinner party on everest and like having it Michelin starred food oh, and everyone wearing dinner God. jackets and shit like that. And I'm like, what that's not evolving. Hell? That's not evolving mankind. You're just an asshole that wanted yeah, to spend a lot of money. Yeah, you're just a dickhead. But even the person that interviewed him kind of called him out on that. He's like, what do you say to like this being extraordinarily frivolous and like, what the fuck are you people doing type of stuff, you know? And he was kind of poking at them while trying to be like a little journalistic about it, you know? But it's just like, because they were interviewing, as well as the Navy guy, they also interviewed a guy who, was going to go on that voyage and back mm -hmm. down. And I'm so, smart man. This yeah. makes me think of um, Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. I remember as a kid watching it and you hear um, Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm, you know, talking about potential consequences and um, chaos theory and being kind of like, ah, party pooper, let's see some dinosaurs. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah. He's talking about exploration as a, quote, violent, penetrative act. Right. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic Park. Yeah. I mean. Top notch. Also, that is such a bullshit excuse because there is no reason why we can't collectively. We've done it before. We can't collectively, you know, breach the bounds of the fucking 
known world. And, you know, I mean, like the space race, I mean, that was like a national thing, like an international collaboration. Like, why does it have to be? Why do why are we back to like the 19 fucking 20s and 30s where we think like rich, charismatic, you know, white men should be the ones that are like making all the biggest jumps or they're even qualified to make these big jumps in exploration. It's very oh. roaring 20s. Yeah, bro, we're back there. Laissez-faire we're back capitalism. Back years. Yeah. Yes. You know, the the worship of uh It's like, these oh, Rockefeller, rich he's so cool. Huh? <laughs> Trustbusters. Kennedy. Hmm. Yep. What are they? Robber barons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. Yeah, back. robber barons. Wow. And company Weird. towns. Time is a flat circle, man. What'd you say, Rob? <laughs> Uh, company towns too. Like, oh yeah, company yep. towns yep. are coming back into fashion in a way. Those yeah, creep me out. Monopolies are kind of rising back up. Monopolies are huge now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. and there are ways that they're getting around it, but they straight up have monopolies and they just operate <laughs> through uh, hedge fund or I mean, shell companies, and then they just yep. buy up everything. And that's crazy, man. Yeah, you got. I mean, when you have capitalism, and capitalism is cancerous, unfettered growth. In essence, like that is what it is at its definition and it's like it gets to a point where it's like you got to start eating yourself to grow right because you've eaten the world right and so then you have to just start like you know like all right well i guess i'm gonna cut my arm off that's a good metaphor it's big facts yeah pulled it out of my butt (laughs) i didn't want to poop on you though yeah don't poop poop, on your or uh, poop my pants (laughs) don't poop your pants (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck was moms you know why did i write moms there (laughs) i don't know Moms. Just the word that's, that's moms be, was You're after just going to be laying in bed tonight like, what the hell was I thinking? Where's I going with that one? It was a note that you wrote, just moms? <laughs> yeah. It was like, <laughs> poop is, you know, protect project onto other people. And then underneath that, there was just on its own line, moms. Moms. <laughs> don't poop on moms. I don't know why. <laughs> that's funny. Well, Selena. Uh, yeah? You're on the pit. Woo! You're in the pit. Is there anything you want to ask us? Oh. Now that you're in the hot seat. Hmm. Is there any topic that you want to bring up? Oh. Now um, that you're at the podium. Dang. <clears throat> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like coming up with a blank, which is not good as an interviewee. <laughs> I can't um, cut okay. this part out. So it's okay. <laughs> this is all unedited. I just put it up. Yep. It's just a live stream, Let's actually. See. What's on your mind right now? Well, what's been eating at you? <laughs> I like that. What's been eating at me? It's been gnawing at your noggin. Oh, I quit caffeine. You said what? You quit caffeine? I did. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was turbulent to say the least. I can't imagine. At first, I was very like braggadocious and like, I'm not addicted to caffeine. It'll be fine. I just like the taste of coffee. The caffeine has nothing to do with it. Mm. And then day two, I was like, it's the caffeine. And day three, I was like, wow, my whole life revolved around this process of getting caffeine. Mm -hmm. Like at night, I would literally have the thought like, ooh, tomorrow I get to wake up and have coffee. Yeah, yes. Every day. And yeah, for a couple of days, I felt really bad. And I felt like I was in an altered state of consciousness for the third day. Like just like I was walking around in a haze. 
I don't know. Is this not interesting? <laughs> no, you probably were in an altered yeah. state of consciousness, to be honest. Yeah. It is a fucking drug. I mean, it is. I'm Definite. not afraid to say I'm addicted to it. Yeah. It's delicious in coffee form. It makes me feel so good. <laughs> See, I never really liked the feeling of caffeine itself. I just love the taste of coffee. And this is what I was saying. But I definitely was addicted. And now that I'm not on it, I'm starting to feel, I don't know, a lot less anxiety. Hmm. And I'd say that's the most significant. It's only been a week, a week, five days, something like that. That's the most significant effect I've seen. You're, the, you're in the infancy stages. Yeah. I was, it was funny because I did it for spiritual reasons so that I could basically meditate better. Oh, dumb. <laughs> Less racing thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. And be more in my body, basically. At first I was like, I'm not seeing any spiritual results. (laughs) And (laughs) had to admit to myself, like, oh, well, this sense of calm is actually that. So there you go. Nice. Well, (laughs) that's cool that you identified it. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like uh, I probably am... I probably really enjoy caffeination because I have ADHD, like absolutely 100 percent. Yeah. Uh, for like many, Same. many, many years, I was like. Same. Uh, like my parents were like, he doesn't have ADHD. He's just a kid, blah, blah, blah. And then as I grew up and stuff, I just thought that I was like, there was something wrong with me, probably because of the way I was raised. But then, like, but now as an adult with all this content available, uh, everybody sharing their diagnoses and symptoms and whatever, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I definitely have ADHD. I was diagnosed with ADHD. I have it. So caffeination, I feel like, really helps me. Like, it's like my Ritalin. You know what I mean? I smoke a bunch of weed and I drink a bunch of coffee. Seattle Speedball. And it's like, why don't I just fucking get, go to a psychiatrist and get a fucking medication? You know what I'm Mm. saying? But no, I'm going to keep self-medicating, even though it's probably not very effective. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think that caffeine, I mean, I don't have ADHD, but just anecdotally from friends who do, caffeine seems to be really helpful. Seems to help me. It has like a different effect on their brain. I don't like, I can drink like six fucking shots in a four hour period and then take a nap. Wow. You know what I mean? Well, that's because you got overly caffeinated. <laughs> I'm just a sleepy little guy. I needed. Yeah, a nap. you get adrenaline zapped. <laughs> it like it like it drains your adrenaline, and you get tired afterward. You drink too much caffeine. It's true. Can I? Can we talk a little bit about? Um, no. Like how it affected you to have a diagnosis? Because I've heard that in a lot of instances, whether it's someone who is on the autism spectrum or someone who has ADHD, simply having that diagnosis is therapeutic. Yeah. Have you found that? I think that for me, like it was a part of like my life. I was like, I knew that I, I was told I had ADHD, you know what I mean? But it just didn't like sink in until recently. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, actually this makes a lot of sense. Like I'm going to stop beating myself up for not being able to do things a certain way. Like I'm just going to keep like finding better coping mechanisms that can skirt some of the problematic symptoms of ADHD. You know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. is helpful, man. It is. Because then you find, instead of like, you know, just being like, oh, I should just man up and fucking do this shit or, you know, like, I'm such a piece of shit. I'm so disorganized. Instead, it's like, oh, no, I have ADHD. It's not easy for me to like 
you know, motivate myself to do this. It's hard for me to figure out organizational things. So how can I deal with that mm-hmm. now that I recognize that it's a problem? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. I could see that being a help. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody with <laughs> autism who has a lot of uh, problems like interacting with people, you know, they might think like, I'm a freak. Like, I'm just, just something fucking wrong with me. Like, right. but nah, like you get diagnosed, you're like, oh, I have autism. Like, this is just how I interact. And like, you know, you can be upfront with other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think better diagnostics. Yeah. Uh, will help have like, you know, it'll have, have a positive effect. You know, because the more people... And it sounds weird to say it like this, but the more people who can get diagnosed with mental illness <laughs> or like disorder or whatever, the more people can be helped. Those people can be helped instead of like just continue with their problematic behavior or uh, beat themselves up all day long about it and never get any help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Definitely. Yeah. yeah one thing um, going off that concept of birth trauma that I was talking about before. It's like our system is is made to replicate traumatic births, just like in the way that the hospitals are set up. Oh, sure. Um, and you have overworked people that are super stressed out delivering mm-hmm. babies, mm-hmm. Um, and drugged up mothers giving birth, et cetera. You know, just like a lot of different things that could result in a more traumatic, not unnatural or less natural birthing situation. Yep. And so I'm wondering if the... Uh, uh, high abundance of certain quote-unquote neurodivergent thinking is just like everyone has it because we're just forcing people <laughs> into this same birthing style. Right. And it's like the lighting in hospitals is problematic. Yeah, yeah. Like just there's everything about yeah. it is is not good. So it's no. just like, yeah. I mean, it's I better than it used to be in hospitals, <laughs> yeah, but it's not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, when people were just taking babies and Switching babies and women were given <laughs> yeah. twilight sleep drugs. Yeah. Yeah. They literally knock women out and like oh they'd wake up two days later and have a baby. Jesus. Oh yeah. my God. Who knows horrifying. what happened in that? Yeah. And some of them definitely went into a coma and didn't come out of it. Oh my God. Yeah. And then there's that whole thing where people were like doing autopsies and then immediately going and <laughs> giving birth in another wing. Yep. Like, whoa, dude. A lot of just, you know, maybe you should wash your gloves. Yeah, yeah. People threw a fucking fit. See, that's why I have, at times, very little hope in humanity. Because mm. people were, like, personally offended that someone would suggest that they should wash their hands in between medical procedures. But they were like, I'm not some dirty fucking, you know, it's like, what, dude? Look at the evidence. They're like, no, this is a an attack on my moral character. Yeah, you can't look at the idiots and the people that are rooted in lack of change and, and not being willing to adapt and be like, oh, there's no hope for humanity. Hey, I can do whatever I want. It's a free country. No, I said you can't. No, <laughs> I stand I said you can't. I said it. I said it. I said it. <laughs> it's me. No, I know. But they just have such a stranglehold, man. Well, yeah, I know. You know? It's just really easy to, uh, uh, like, essentially, negative emotion is like, a, like, so imagine if you are on the sea and negative emotion would be like little whirlpools. But also little whirlpools that look like 
they have food in them. And so you're out at sea and you need food. And so you're like, oh, maybe that's like, uh, I don't There's something that attracts you to it. It's got like the yeah. siren song, but then you just get sucked yeah, yeah. into it and you can't get out. So they're just sirens. They're like mermaids. Yeah. Negative people are like mermaids. <laughs> negative emotions. <laughs> negative, negative, negative emotions. Negative like, emotions. Like getting into a, like, a, a, <laughs> it's just really easy to get wrapped up. Like we were talking about the difference between consumption versus creation mm -hmm. and how all calories are not created equal. Like negative emotion, it's like really easy to consume and it's like a negative, it's like a, an empty calorie. Shit, going back to reality TV. That's what's so interesting about yeah. reality TV. It was like, oh shit, Jenny just came and didn't even take a drink and she knows that Melissa was working all day long on her bar and like getting a cocktail menu and she didn't even get a drink. Oh my God. Now they're going to fight about it. <laughs> uh, but you want to watch it. You want to see what happens. Does Jenny and Melissa, do they fight? Are they going to throw down? Let's see it. <laughs> How much? That's why when I'm on the street and I see two people like starting to yell at each other, I'm like, you just start yelling, fight. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie gets so mad at me. She's like, stop looking at them. Seriously, stop looking at them. I'm just like, so <laughs> did you excited. talk about the time we saw the fight in the Jamba Juice parking lot? <laughs> did I tell you that Jamba one? Juice. Jesus Christ. It was yeah, amazing. We're yeah, we go in to get some Jamba Juice and. You know, we order it and then we're standing on the side and then look out and there's like two dudes that are like pushing each other and like, it was like, what the hell's happening? And then one of the women was like, I didn't understand. She's like trying to keep her husband away. And it was just all weird, but no one actually threw a punch. They just kept asking, like acting like they were going to throw a punch yeah, and, and then backing down getting and all up and getting all yeah. flustered again. And then that's those dogs who were like, you know, you know, ever seen that the dogs that are behind a gate? And then he opens the gate. They're like, ah, ah, ah. And he yeah, opens yeah. the gate and then they just calm down. Yep. And then yep. he closes the gate and they're like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. It's that. Exactly. Yeah. And Posturing. so, uh, you know, then the dude, you know, he got all puffed up. One dude got in his car and then the other dude came back into the Jamba Juice to get his razz razzmatazz bliss or whatever. <laughs> like, just, oh man, what a badass. Dude, it was walks hella, out sipping it. Yeah, walks out. Oh my. He's got both hands. He's like taking little sips. <laughs> oh man that show was funny I'm saying man if we could just fix men <laughs> that would be tight it would like he just they had a temper tantrum yep you know they, they had a tissy fit they had some temper tantrums yeah yep. we think it was over parking oh I think it was parking God. and I think that one dude was hangry and he was just like he just was you know he his needed blood sugar was getting low and he wanted his razzmatazz bliss he's gonna <laughs> make that everybody else's fucking problem yep Are you ready for now? That's what I call Codependency Volume 875 of today's hottest anachronistically hot new superstars into one all-new Power Pack collection. Move into a new dimension with the biggest songs that connote codependent relationships. With songs like How Do I Live by Leanne Rhymes.
you can have all your favorite hits about toxic relationships and poorly developed coping mechanisms right here, right now. The smash hit sensation, I Will Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab for Cutie. If there's no one beside you when your soul embarks, then I'll follow you into the dark. Chart toppers from artists like Justin Bieber, PM Don, Maroon 5, Sarah McLaughlin, and more. Now delivers nothing but the most codependent of hits that you crave. But to get them, call the number on your screen now. There's never been a music collection with an attachment disorder quite like this before. Until now. Available now on Laserdisc, Betamax, and on the Nintendo 3DS. To order, call the number on your screen or fax U.S. Steel Savings Bonds for the amount shown plus shipping and handling. Must be 93 or older to call. I know what we can talk about. Have either, I know you haven't, but Rob, have you seen the movie, the new movie, um, You Hurt My Feelings? No, I don't think I know, even know what that one is. Oh, it's um, the new Julia Louis-Dreyfus movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, yep. Yep, and it's about her. She's a writer. She is. And she writes about her family or something, right? Um, And her mom is, like, mad at her or something. Mm. So, <laughs> no. It has a plot, though, right? Like, it people does. do stuff. It has, like, a yes. plot? <laughs> so she ends up, she's been working on this book for a while. She ends up overhearing her husband talking to her brother-in-law, saying that he doesn't like her book after he's been oh. telling her again and again and again oh, he loves shit. the book it's so good she is asking for feedback he's saying it's perfect and it's all about kind of me well i took it as like this whole thing about mediocrity and how there's so much mediocrity and also how we don't tell our loved ones because we don't want to hurt their feelings or we want to encourage them but at the same time we're not helping them right and it was actually a really deep movie. I read several reviews from people who didn't like it, just regular people off the street. And they thought it, I think they expected it to be super funny. And it mm. wasn't like hilarious, but it was just something a human that like, study? yeah. And I was thinking about it for days after. Oh man, just I'm the watch notion, the shit out of this. Yeah, it was, I liked it. And just the idea that, you know, if we could, well, like all the little lies we tell mm. to save somebody and how that also puts distance between people and in a relationship. Yeah, it was just really interesting. Yeah, yep. that's super interesting and yep. highly relevant. Yes. We are all artists and want feedback and want to be better. And going back you know? to that, am I the asshole thing? You know, yeah. am I the asshole mm. at the start of the, the episode? And it's just like, for nine years, this guy has been not saying that this thing bothers him. And then all of a sudden it right. bothers him. And because all the pent up aggression, 
I'm sure that there's a, a feeling of like betrayed, like being betrayed by her at the end. And like, so yeah, that would create distance. And like, the larger that that thing is to, you know, said person would, would create a larger gap. So it's like yeah. if she's putting her whole life into a book and then her partner is just overtly saying that it's great. Yeah. And then it turns out it's not. And it's just like she's been putting all of her life and this is her loved one. And yeah, that would could be. Yeah. Big gap. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's scary. Coddling. Though. Like, if you honest to God, don't like something that someone you love is doing creatively, you know, it it's. Ah, man, it's scary to imagine having that confrontation of them asking you what it's like if, if you like it. And you're like, no, I really don't. I think it's bad. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, you don't want to do like that. You don't want to be like, I think it's bad. And be like, you have to figure out a way to be like, so this is like, I'm not into this genre of things. Like, this isn't like I'm not a yeah romance novel person. Like, I don't have an expertise in this field. I'm super sorry. It's just not it's never been for me. I think it's good, but I also don't have the expertise to know what is good in that area. So that's a way that you could communicate. I always feel so uh, like when somebody puts me in that position of like critiquing something, I'm always like, oh, man, like I feel as if no matter what I say, I'm going to look like a pretentious piece of shit. Like, well, <laughs> let me tell you everything that I know what's good and this <laughs> is not. And I'll tell you why. You know what I mean? But when you find somebody that can actually critique your work, like see where you're trying to go and give you feedback that helps you get there, that's so amazing and so important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have either of you had anybody like that in your lives? Mm -hmm. I thank goodness for my wife because like it's and admittedly, when you're told that something isn't like good as it is, it's a little bit devastating yeah. to an artist. A little bit, but I have been working for years and years for my ego not to be all of me. There are other parts of me, and those are the arguably the better parts of me. Yeah, you know, not the fucking self defensive, <laughs> reactionary ego part of me. But she'll come in and she'll, I'll be like, "Yo, look at this," and she'll be like, "Hmm, yeah, like I like it. Uh, the legs a little bit long, though. I, I think." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> What do you mean the leg's kind of long? What are you talking about? The leg's perfect. Look at it. And then, like, later that night, I'm like, fuck, man, the leg is way too long. <laughs> and then I go fix it, and it's a way better piece of art yeah. than it was, you know? Yep. But it's like, they, I have to go through that process, like, every fucking time. I'm much better now. Hash, you give me really good uh, input on projects. He's smiling. For those of you at home, <laughs> you can't see the- him. People can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the fact is that you got to grow. Got to do And uh, uh, growth comes through uh, critiques and things like that. And collaboration helps people grow, especially artists. And it's really easy for the e- the ego wants to be the ego is like, have you ever heard like the, what is the, it called like the main, main character syndrome or whatever, where a person thinks <laughs> yeah. that like, they just, they only filter everything through their own experience because yes. they can't understand anything except they're out. Like everything is like, they are the person in, in their own movie type of thing. 
Um, that's the ego. Right. And that's the ego always trying to be like, no, I'll solve my problems. I got this. Like my art's the best, blah, 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 et cetera, et <laughs> yeah. cetera. But like, yeah, collaborating and, and, and shit like that is where you can really grow beyond your own means. Because we do more as, as people than we could as individuals. I mean, obviously. That's how everything in society. Yeah, that's how we are. That's why we're sitting here right now doing that's this. Why, that's why we have the internet. That's why we have the internet. That's why we have Zoom. That's why all this weird shit that is like crazy conceptually. Like if I were to try to explain to my grandpa who passed away a bunch of years ago, like what we're doing right now, and what a podcast <laughs> is and all of this stuff. You know he'd what I mean? He'd probably get like, exhausted midway through and be like, he'd, I don't he'd just, he'd be like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, where's my scotch? Matter. Some Valentine's. <laughs> it's five o'clock. What about you, Selena? Do you have? Uh, do you feel in your life you have somebody that, or have had people in your life that give you feedback that is crucial to your uh, development? That's a good question. I have been actually thinking a lot about, probably because of watching that movie, my experience in college, and how I went into it. It was a very conceptual fine art program for photography and I didn't that wasn't really my intended focus I wanted to work for Life magazine but they closed right after I graduated oh, high school yeah. <laughs> dating myself aging myself so I think that yeah you're dating me whatever <laughs> <laughs> I think that I wasn't quite prepared and then I think that the teachers however good they might have been, were not able to meet me where I was or didn't meet me where I was. Um, I think I could have really flourished. Looking back, I can't say that I've had a whole lot of feedback that really helped me grow um, with photography. Maybe I'm being having a selective memory. But one teacher, one professor there, Paul Berger, he seemed to get it more than get my work more than anybody else there. I think at that time, I wasn't ready to hear that feedback. Like mm. I didn't, he was very conceptual and I didn't have the experience. I was, what, 22? And I was just kind of like, okay, you're talking about some other person's artwork that doesn't relate to mine. When now looking back, I'm like, oh, that totally related. Recently, my friend Allie, shout out to Allie, she chose images of mine to make a collage out of. Oh, dope. And yeah, and that was really interesting to see what she chose and how she recombined them because it was ways that I had would never have thought of. So that was very helpful. I could see myself going to her for like photo editing assistance in terms oh, of yeah. selection. And I guess I will say I'm open to feedback from, I don't know, everybody, but a lot yeah, of people. I mean, a lot of people are not fucking qualified. Yeah. That's the other thing. <laughs> yep. Sometimes you'll get unsolicited fucking feedback and you're like, yep. who the Dude, yeah. you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Like, I get yep. that you have these ideas right now, but. Not all ideas are the right ideas. I got some, quote, constructive criticism from my brother the other day. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to give you some constructive criticism. And I immediately said, unsolicited. And yep. he just kept going because. <laughs> <laughs> Just proving the point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Colin, I know you've had experiences where you felt placated, mm. you know, when you were looking for feedback. But do yes. you feel like you've gotten enough, you know, critical feedback that has grown you as an artist, as a creator? 
Um, so that's a very interesting. Because also you're very prolific and you were yeah, productive. So, you know? Yeah. So when I look back on it, I was asking for feedback a lot from a lot of people because I was putting out so much art. Mm. So this is my opportunity to elicit a formal apology to all of my old friends for being like, hey, here's an album every two months. Can you listen to it critically <laughs> and give me feedback on it? Because that's extremely overwhelming. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. it's also a dick move on my part to like turn our friendship, like the value of our friendship into that or like, right, or like, or right. like reflect it through that lens. And ultimately that was the biggest issue of that was because I was putting my self-worth into the music. And so I was being like, can you listen to this? And then I would be, you know, like inside the window, you know, just like waiting, you know, like At hoping. At that point, do you feel that you were just hoping people would be like, you're very good, Colin. Good job. No, or do no. you feel like you were at that point ready to receive critical feedback? I wanted critical feedback. I wanted because I knew that I wasn't as good as I wanted to be mm. and I wanted to be better. And so the feedback that I would always get was, hey, your shit's really dope. I really like it. Or radio silence. So no one would ever say that they weren't feeling it. And they would definitely never say why they weren't feeling it if they weren't feeling it. And then people, because it's in Bellingham, people would show up to the same like shows. And so you didn't really know who was supporting you on the front end because they wanted concerts and stuff like that. So like another side of it is like, I'm booking a lot of shows. <laughs> I, I am uh, um, d like putting out a lot of music and, and, having a lot of feature spots on a lot of those albums and so mm -hmm. people know that like they can get on a little bit by like having me put out music for them essentially i wasn't sure if, i guess so what i, th I think back at even th like now uh, i'm not sure if like some people were they didn't fuck with my music but they wanted they fucked with me because i was like throwing parties and like kind yeah. of the the central focal point of the scene you had so, a set of keys for doors they wanted to open. Yeah, and so like an in, uh, one way to think like when I think back on it, I'm like, oh well, who like really fucked with me? And it's like, oh well, whoever asked me for an album because it was like I was getting everyone on my albums, and it's like, well, mm. who ever asked me to get on one of their projects? And that would kind of be an indicator of who I fucked did. with me. I was gonna say you did. This guy did. Jabez yeah. did. Uh, 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 Tyson and and Garth when they did an album of the Plague Doctors. Um, they put mm. out, uh, you know, they, they got me on a track like big ball and Tony Z. There were a lot of people when I think back on it. So it yeah. was like, a, but there were also a lot of people that didn't. And part of that reason that they never did was because they never put out a project on their own or had the ability to put out a project on their own mm. or even wanted to. So like, I took it as like, oh, they don't want me on their projects. <laughs> so therefore they don't like me. And just so like, there's a bunch yeah. of weird conflating things. But essentially, for the longest time, I had always wanted constructive criticism from people who I regarded as talented musicians. Right. But I do understand now that's a big ask. And so when I do put out, like, because I am making a couple albums now and I'm not, I have no rush to release them, which is like the first time that that has not been there. In the mm. past, I always had the rush to release it. And yeah, so like, there's a pressure I would get, there. I would yeah. get pressurized by my internal pressure and anxious to put it out. And then I would put it out when it's 80, 85% done when, you know, <laughs> yeah. it yeah. could have been refined heavily. And so like, that's another thing. All those projects weren't refined. The point is this one, I'd like these two, I'd act, like to actually refine and get some 
constructive criticism from people that I actually do regard their opinion. And mm. I do think, you know, being in our mid thirties now, our, our maturity and our ways to communicate and like understanding of what we want in certain situations is a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, it was just like me getting fucked up with a bunch of friends and being like, Hey, drop a 16. Like, come on. I got beats. Yep. I got, so yep. like, I became a central figure in the Bellingham scene because I went to elementary school with a buddy. And at one point, you know, we rekindled, like, you know, hung out and he was like, yeah, I have like 550 beats or something like that. I've just oh been producing God. and I've just got a bunch. And I was like, dude, if you want to give them to me, like I know a bunch of rappers, I'll rap on a bunch of them and I can distribute them and stuff like that. So I kind of became this like broker for beats and stuff like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's, so there was a bunch of like things that kind of created me as like this central figure for like our little scene and stuff like that so it was all cool but that being said i didn't really understand what i wanted or why yeah. i was doing anything yeah. you know? i feel like and ultimately i wanted my dad to listen to me or my family to listen to me <laughs> and i was making yeah. a bunch of music because i was like you motherfuckers right. gaslit me for such a long time look at me i can yell at the top of a mountain exactly right and you know now through therapy and shit i figured that out and i don't have to go like make music that i don't understand why i'm making it. yeah Dude, I have many times in my, you know, 30s now wondered to myself, like, why am I a musician? Why am I doing this? Like many times now, I'm like, maybe I've got this thing all wrong. Maybe the things that were motivating me weren't really like my own. Uh, maybe they were incepted into me, you know what I mean, by my parents mm. or like, yeah. like, maybe this is not something I would be driven to do on my own accord. Were your parents musicians? Yeah, my dad was a musician and oh. my mom like really pushed me to perform. Like I oh. was, I did like an acting school. I did oh. high school theater. I did middle school theater. I went out for auditions for like movies and TV shows. And like they really pushed me. And like granted from an early age, I was trying to get on stage and perform for people. But yeah. at the same time, like when you look at the grind that music is, the music industry, how fucking uh, shady and weird and sketchy and just an endless fucking grind for really nothing like in return other than the satisfaction of a satisfaction of a job well done. Uh, it makes you wonder, you know, as an adult man, like, why the fuck am I doing this? Mm. Like, I feel you like, like the create. motivation, the things that were motivating me are not applicable anymore. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that the motivations might have disappeared, but at the fundamental core of it, you don't create unless you like to create. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you could have, like, if you clearly didn't want to be on stage and didn't want to make music, you would have rejected it entirely. Like, when my family was like, hey, you're Jewish. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why you didn't want to be Jewish, man? I don't know. I didn't. They were like, hey, this is what you are. And I was like, what do you mean? I don't, like, you oh, don't shit. know what I am. And I was like four and five years old. Are you burning something? No, I. <laughs> that's a that was a good uh, assumption, though. That makes sense. No, I unplugged my headphones, so I'll have to get what you said if you could repeat it one more time. Got to listen later. Yeah, listen and post. <laughs> Damn it! When the episode <laughs> drops, all right. <laughs> Three weeks from now. <laughs> Future callback. Calling we... you Jewish? No, no. Yeah, no, uh, for whatever reason, I rejected uh, an ideology at a young age oh, and because I did not like people and still don't like people telling me. Um, it's not telling me what to think. It's it's telling me what I am hmm. like 
I don't like it when people are like, you are this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't like that shit. You don't or know how you feel. Yeah. I don't like it when people tell me how I'm feeling and assume yeah. my feelings. It's like, yo, dude, like my feelings are often not what you think at all. You know, I'm not good at emoting my feelings. I'm an Aquarius. I'm a triple air sign. I'm very cold. You know? <laughs> Some would say. Some would say. Some would say. Could I'm be. gaseous. <laughs> they call me gaseous clay once upon a time. Gaseous clay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like a relatively m- new uh, way of looking at yourself, though. You know what I mean? Like, for most of human history, like, you really didn't have that much say in who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. And that's true. But I was born at this point. Yeah, what's that? I said that's true, but I was born now. I know, right. And I do have So it's just say. interesting that, like, I feel that way a lot. Like, I don't want to be fucking... I don't want to have these weird affiliations with shit. I don't want to have to take on the fucking garbage ass luggage from whatever identity you're trying to foist upon yeah. me. I don't want that shit. Yeah. But and to some extent you don't have 100% control over what you do and who you are in a way. I mean, there are like things outside of your control that kind of box you into things, but Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's really easy to um start uh, placing your identity into like other concepts and um, like furries. One, well, in furries, is, yeah, like getting into a bodysuit. And yeah, that's the one thing. No, but I was like taking <laughs> your identity and putting into concepts, whether it's like religion or even like um, a celebrity, you know, because that is yeah. the American religion. Yeah. But and then when that person becomes canceled, so to speak, or something happens to them, or they maybe they don't put out good art or whatever, you know, like people start to question their own self-worth and like the ego death that comes when, when, when things about the Catholic church came up for a lot of people mm-hmm. that were in full denial, you know, and yeah, yeah, that's the problem with when you conceptually go to bat, like fully for something like for me, it's like. I like the art that Ryan Gosling puts out. I don't know if I like Ryan Gosling. You know what I mean? So it's like people will dip, but people don't know how to differentiate those two things, right? Yeah. Well, they'll be like, oh, well, I really like Harry Styles music. That means I really like Harry Styles. Right. You know, and, and it's just like, well, why are you? Def-? And then people will start defending the people when when things happen, like that. The guy that was dating Taylor Swift for a little while, that was like the lead singer of 1975 or the oh, 1975 yeah, or some band, right? Yeah. And then there were like some some allegations of racism at him, and yeah. he was like making fun of, you know, black women in porn and doing, you know, just like a bunch of questionable shit that he was doing. And people were like just defending him because he dated Taylor Swift like, and Taylor Swift fuck? couldn't have a, a bad judgment you know because if taylor swift had bad judgment that would mean her music's bad and that would mean that my identity is entirely being decimated (laughs) and that would mean that i have to kill myself and it's just like that's unfortunate like that is how the human brain is like thinking like these people are like trying to like there's a self-preservation aspect that comes up yeah when when like something that they like is attacked right and it's like dude but no one's trying to kill you. But you, you don't have to be that attached. Like, you can detach quite a bit. That's what I'm saying. Like, but that's the thing is, like, uh, they're just on the the tracks that's been laid out because it's been very sp- specifically designed to be this parasocial relationship where you really identify hard with this person who's, like, larger than themselves. They represent, like, this 
like, I don't know, like ethos or ideology or something larger than themselves, whatever. So, yeah. So, like, you just tie your identity to that shit. It's like, it's weird, but it's exactly what they want. That's what political strategists do. That's why there's a cult Trump or a <laughs> cult Trump. A cult yeah, Trump. There's a cult Trump. Yeah. Uh, I like I like both versions of that. A <laughs> cult Trump and then occult Trump. A cult Trump. Oh yeah. shit, he's got <laughs> yeah. the answers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the secrets. <laughs> but yeah, and then with Taylor Swift, like the, the, a lot of PR people put a lot of work in for you to feel like you identify. And I also think that's how ideologies work in general, not attached to a specific person like white supremacy or whatever. Like you tie into, like you f- identify with it. You know what I'm saying? You like, it's very essential to like who you are and your self worth. It's yep. weird, but it's all ego. It's I was all about to say ego. Yep. yep, it's getting back to the ego. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Christy mentioned it uh, a couple weeks ago. I guess it was like three or four weeks ago at this point. But he's talking about, he's like, why can't people not view political events or, or current events through the filters of pop culture? But mm-hmm. it's like when people are only viewing things through, when people are consumed so much pop culture, all you can do is start to create metaphors out of what you're consuming. Yeah. And so like, yeah, that's why the, people constantly use Darth Vader as like, yeah. you know, the bad guy. Yeah. If not. Hitler. Exactly. Yeah. When they were talking about Putin as Darth Vader or Putin yeah. as, you know, said yeah whatever bad guy uh and that's what you know the context of that was but yeah it's it's um it's interesting people need especially now there is no like you know how like people would take a sabbatical from work to like unplug Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like reset like there is no sabbatical from uh the world or social media at this point and people don't unplug they like sleep with their phone they wake up they pull out their phone they look at it like and I understand that's yeah. not all people, but that's a lot of people. I woke up today and I checked Instagram and then Twitter and then TikTok and then my email and then Instagram, my other account. And then also <laughs> <laughs> part of that is, you know, you know, you run your own business and your business has social yeah. medias. So that's like the shitty part about it for you is that like that is part of being a, a small business owner now is like, oh, yeah, you got to. Gotta run your socials. Yeah, this presence right. on social media. Yeah, it's vital. Unfortunately, yep. and it's funny how you know you're like, oh, I haven't heard it from my friend, this friend, in such a long time, and then you find out that they're like happier than they've ever been in their life, and they just <laughs> haven't been on social media for right. Oh yeah, I just deleted my Facebook. Yeah, that was it. It's yep. the only thing that's changed. Everything's great. I'm hoping to be that friend. Actually, you can do it. Oh, uh, I deleted my Facebook a while ago, and I lost hundreds and hundreds of friends and acquaintances, and all of the people that like I'd gotten to know over my years of like making music and things like that. And people, you know, like more often than not, you didn't want to. Back in the day, you didn't want to exchange phone numbers with everyone, so you would exchange Facebooks. It was like, right. you know, before IG and stuff like that. And now you just exchange Instagram handles. Yeah. But back in the day, you'd exchange Facebook. And then Facebook was like, we need a picture of your ID because my name <laughs> on Facebook right. was Hash Adams. And I was like, no, I'm not going to give you a picture of my deed. So they're like, all right, you're you're out. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm out. So it was an easy decision. It was kind of like the drinking for me. You know, it was like, oh, you're, you can't drink because you're allergic. And I was like, oh, but I want to drink. And my body's like, but you're allergic. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess I can't drink anymore. Sucks. Be a man. Keep drinking. Don't do anything about it. Feel like shit all the time. Complain about it. Yeah, <laughs> I love anytime I talk about my allergies with people. They're like, "That's just being human." 
<laughs> it's like, you no, know? it's not. It yeah, means yeah, that and you it's just are like, also No, but you don't have to, to be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we could feel good. Yeah, you don't have to consume like 90% of your allergies. Like it makes so much sense when I had yep. such bad stomach issues over the years because I was eating everything allergic for me every meal all the time. And so like inflammation, my skin, like all of these things, like, of course, yeah, that would happen all the time. Yeah, I have terrible stomach problems, but I'm not going to, not going to worry about it. Nope. There's probably pills I could take or something. Yeah. I mean, well, I took the, uh. Or foods you could cut out. Nope. What was that? that. Prilosec? I took that shit for like, I took that every day for three years, two day, two times a day. Damn. And that's like, that will straight up alter your stomach's acidity and it's really bad to do. Shit. Yeah. You're not supposed to take those long-term heart medicine or heartburn medicines like that You got an alkaline stomach and shit? What the fuck? Oh, yeah. That's good, bro. That's what you want. (laughs) You want more alkalinity, yeah. Alkalinity. It's like Kawhi. Alkaline, bro. Alkaline, bro. (laughs) Sorry, that's a sports reference. Yeah, Rob, I know (laughs) you don't like like sports. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, I don't not like sports, but then I'm like, but like, what does that even mean? Like, I just don't ever watch them or play them or do anything with them. Yeah, that's okay. You don't have to like sports. I don't like, uh, any music you put out. So, you know, it's all (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tie my personal words. I think you've made really terrible life decisions. So (laughs) no big deal. It's all good. Oh, you don't like this one thing that I like? Oh, well, I just, you know, hate you personally. (laughs) I do like being athletic. I just don't like all the rules. Like, I've never been a trivia person or, Mm. like, big into, like... That's funny, because I thought you would be. Like, I thought you would like trivia. No. I love trivia. So you like going on hikes and stuff? Yeah, I love going on hikes. I love, like, working out and running and... Do you like golf? Uh, Not particularly. Have you ever golfed? Yes. Okay, so you have golfed. But golf uh, or, is like well, one of those things no, where they're... No, I've done like... What's the level up from mini golf? Oh, uh, like, par three. Oh. Yeah, it's like... It's like it's not a regular size, size golf course. Yeah, it's like a par three. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah. yeah. Golf can be fun as far as a sports activity because you can be getting drunk and high <laughs> out on the golf course with your friends... Right. The rules kind of don't really apply if you don't really care. You just hit the ball in the direction and it doesn't matter how many strokes it takes and you're not actually competing with your friends. Yeah. So like that, like that can be fun, but um, I get you. If you're not raised on it, you know, like yeah. I was raised on a lot of sports. A lot of sports. A lot of I was raised on some sports, but you've gotten me into more sports. I like a lot of sports. For me, regardless of the sport, I don't think that there is a better uh uh example of like humans uh achieving greatness and like just like the concept of being able to see that on a small scale yeah is really cool to like yeah. watch like to to and, and can be very inspiring but that being said i've been struggling with it a lot lately because i'm really not liking ads and i'm like <laughs> and yeah. like they're they've cranked up the ads and everything and of like course. everything has so many ads social media has so many ads I'm just like, I kind of just want to like stop watching a lot of stuff to get away from ads. Whoa. Because even if you pay for the like YouTube, for for example, like it's the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. I pay for YouTube with no ads, but like 
they just do like a 10 minute ad speech in the middle of their podcast. And so it's like, oh, that kills me in podcast. I know. What am I going to do? What do I expect? I'm not going to pay them money. So I think there's going to be a class action lawsuit around that. I think that could happen because we're paying for unless it's of course, it's in the terms of service, which they change all the time. But we're paying for a no ad service. And we're getting ads. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. See, I listen on Spotify, but I'm still paying for Spotify too. So that's what I'm saying. You pay for Spotify premium yeah, and you still point. get the ads. Yeah. That's why I stopped paying Damn. for Spotify premium premium. And the only like and I just listen to music on YouTube and stuff like that. But for podcasts, you still get the same amount mm-hmm. of ads as yeah. you do. Like there's there's no difference between premium and not premium. Like yeah. zero difference. It's actually crazy. It's for podcasts. Up. That is it's like there's like, you know, I'm listening to like a true crime podcast and like, and that's when they found her body in a shallow grave in the middle of the forest. And then it cuts to some fucking like guy. Have you ever heard of AG1? Or, or yeah. Just yeah. Like, or like a blue bonnet or what is it called? Blue fucking something, some food. Service. Blue apron. Blue apron. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh no, this is them. so fucked up. Ads will just rip you out of it. I mean, that's why I'm even apprehensive about putting some ads in our episodes. Like, I get it. It's supposed to be like a light, like breather, but sometimes it even just like pulls you out and you have to like ring back no, in. Our ads are magnificent and anybody who complains about it should be fucking excommunicated. Ah! Agreed. Our <laughs> ads are anymore. fucking <laughs> beneficent and magnanimous. And inspired. <laughs> and uh, inspired. Exactly. <laughs> well, Selena. Yes. Um, is that our time? How can uh, the people find you if they want to find you for uh, photography gigs, oh. uh, video gigs, editing things, podcasting, whatever uh, services that you like to offer? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can go to my website, which is selinafloresphoto.com. And that's Selena spelt with a C, not S. Correct. Yeah, not like the singer. No. Correct. Well, like the singer Celine Dion. Oh, but with yeah, an true. A at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're I'm making this convoluted. And then I'm on Instagram <laughs> at Selena Flores Photo. You can also check out the podcast at it did happen here podcast.com. And I think that's it. Nice. Is that it? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Sweet. And occasionally you can find us at Fire on the Mountain in Portland eating chicken wings. That sounds yummy. <laughs> Uh, that, that's where we, that's where our first date was. Yep. Oh, that's nice. Saucy oh. wings. So I think, you want to get wings tonight? Yes. All right. Hell we'll yeah. Tonight. There you go. He date told night. me we had to eat at home. Mm-hmm. Not told me, but he suggested <laughs> I we said probably we, should. I said, Selena, we have to eat at home. There's no way we're going out. I'm the man in the house and I provide. <laughs> that's said, what I said. Selena's said like, we can should... we please go get something to eat? You're like, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He was very cordial. He said, I think we should eat what we have here. And actually, now as I'm saying that, I'm like, maybe we should. But no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe tomorrow. That's what we could go tomorrow for the lunch special. Okay. Which is a good deal. Okay. There you go. Either way. Oh, you have your photo shoot. But only till 1245. And it's the weekend. I don't know if they have the lunch special during the weekend. Oh. We can go tonight. Either way, we might get (laughs) wings. Now that's um, called podcasting right there. <laughs> I just want to thank you guys for having me on. It was yeah. really fun and a pleasure. Oh, and yes. I hope I wasn't too um I think I have a calming effect. And so I know you guys like to like 
be boisterous. Well, so I hope it wasn't too calming. I hope I wasn't like, <laughs> what is it? It's What's that drug? Opium? No. Opium. <laughs> lithium. <laughs> lithium. Lithium. Oh, okay. Lithium. There you go. Yeah. Um, no, you, you did great. We had a, a blast. I had a blast. I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't care what Rob oyster. thinks. I don't give a shit. I, 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 had a, I had a blast oysters. Blast oysters. I had a blast oyster. I had a blast oyster over here. No, no, you did great. And we'll definitely get a good episode out of this. You said and opium. Opium? I was like, uh, sedated? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, it'll but, calm me down. Yeah. So, sorry it took so long to get you on here. That's okay. But we'll get you on in the future, and hopefully Yo, you'll be a regular part of the podcast, maybe eventually. I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah, this is really fun. Yeah. Actually, know what? You with This is a three dudes podcast. We got no <laughs> women here, okay? Am I the first woman guest? No, Kayla. Kayla. When did you interview Kayla? Uh, Kayla had two episodes last season. Yeah, and she's coming on here. Uh, we're interviewing her next week. Did you do it over Zoom? Yes. Oh, okay. Dude. Kayla's cool. Yep. Kayla's the best. Shout out to Kayla. Uh, and then we have Allie uh, Simmons. Yay. Yep, we're going to get Allie on in later this summer. Allie's the shit. Allie's the best. Yeah, Allie Simmons is a familiar name somehow. I don't yeah, know Allie why. is one of, one of my favorite people in the world. I went to high school with her, and um, she's a great human being. She goes, uh, I'll, I'll send you some of her art on Instagram. Yeah, please do. I was Pluvial just art. to look her up. No, I'll, I'll I'll send you her stuff. But yeah, she's fantastic. And she's had a cool journey too. She did hypnotherapy for a little while. Is she not doing it anymore? I don't think so. Oh. I'm not sure though. Oh. All right, man. All right, yo. You have a good have one. Have a good one, y'all. Peace. Peace. Live long and prosper. Peace.